reached the Entertainment Hotline, a chatter podcast. Listen as celebs dial in to chat with Anita Annabelle. Chatter.com.au and Media Week's Head of Entertainment. Dial 1 for movie stars. Dial 2 for streaming stars. Dial 3 for TV stars. Dial 4 for music stars. Or press 0 to speak with the star of the show herself, Anita. Hey there, it's uh, Roger Corsa here from The Traitors on Network 10. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Entertainment Hotline. I am your host and head of entertainment at Media Week and Chatter, Anita Annabelle. Hosted by Roger Corsa, the Traitors Australia is back and 20 players will once again move into a mysterious manner to play a very dangerous game. Among these faithful are traitors willing to lie, cheat and steal their way towards a prize pool of $250,000. In this episode, I spoke to the hilarious and charming Roger Corsa about the new season. He told me why the new cast have an advantage, why the celebs may have even more of an edge and also explained why he could never be a method actor. Plus, he also revealed the reason he wishes he went to drama school. The Traitors premiered Sunday, August 13 at 7.30 on 10 and 10 Play and continues Mondays, Tuesdays and Sundays at 7.30. Here's Roger Corsa. I am here to talk to you about The Traitors. I'm so excited. I've seen the first episode. Oh, you, oh, you are lucky. Uh, I've only just watched the first myself. I've actually watched the first four. They, they sent it to me. Oh, I was like, well, I have a little bit of, you know, a little bit of sway, you know, hopefully. Uh, um, yeah, it's, um, it gets, I mean, like, like they showed last year and the other seasons, the first episodes, you know, it's great, but you, you need to sort of, a few things need to happen, obviously. I mean, once you, the shock of losing the first person and, you know, uh, being banished, which they always usually get wrong, um, and the first murder, then, you know, it's really kind of game on. Uh, and that it, it gets, it's re- really quickly, um, I think we get to the core of the game a lot, even quicker than last year because people know what they're doing. Yeah, they've seen the past season, of course. Do you think they had yeah. an advantage? Well, I mean, last year it was all unknown. People applied to be on the show not knowing what it, what it was you know they were they were explained to in, in interview because they're all interviewed obviously but still it's they haven't seen it they don't know what what it is you know i think maybe one person had tried to look up you know the non-english speaking or like the dutch version um you know but beyond that was so everyone was on an even playing field you know of naivety i suppose but this year because and you look at Annabelle, she's, she's quite blatant and going, no one knows more about this show than I do. I've seen every English speaking, I've listened to every podcast. And um, and you, you've got that, but then you add in the fact that um, we've got, dare I say, career um, reality contestants. You know? Celebrities, yeah. <laughs> celebrities, celebrities, um, who, who not only know how to – you know, immerse themselves in this type of game and, and, and start the gameplay straight away because they are sort of celebrities and they've done this and then they've done the media afterwards and they have done interviews and they kind of know how a show is going to be put together and they have a knowledge of what works on screen. So they bring a version of themselves which they know is going to get screen time. That's such a great casting choice. Yeah, I think because I haven't been a contestant and it's not, you know, 
uh, I haven't, this is, you know, my first time turn that hosting. Um, I think it's like certain, you know, it's like, it's like shock, shock radio. You can't sit on the fence, isn't it? You have to have an opinion. You know what I mean? So even if that opinion is totally wrong, you've just got to put your foot in some camp, you know, because just going um and ah. And even in this game, you know, sitting on a fence will get you banished or murdered, you know, you sort of, yeah, it's very easy to, to be cut away, I think, if you, you know, if you reserve your opinion, um, you've, you've, you've got to get in there and, you know, you've got to be on one team or the other um, when, the, when the sort of the clicks start to form. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, you know, you're not used to anyone and you just go. You're you're gone. See you later. You're murdered. Actually, no. before we talk about you hosting, I do want to tell you something hilarious. Last year during the show, one of the most searched things was, <laughs> I can't believe this is real. <laughs> one of the most searched things was, are people really murdered on the traitors? Well, I'm not going to say they're immersing themselves in the game. Um you know, suspending their disbelief. Yeah, that's what that's what you do in any any good drama. You know, you get you get you think we want people to, to be to jump out of the story. We want them immersed. Well, they obviously were immersed. They're worried about the poor contestants. I just think that's so funny. I thought you'd find that amusing. I thought you'd find that amusing. I mean, you are a career drama comedy scripted TV person. I mean, yeah. how different is it hosting compared to to being in a scripted drama or TV show? Well there's there's definitely there's differences. I mean the, the pace that you work at, the the structure. I mean we we bought, you know, a quasi kind of character, which is probably the worst thought out character I've ever done in my life because the accent does go up and down and the, you know, sometimes I'm well, last year when when stuff happened, we kind of like people's hearts were broken. That was just then I just jumped into me. Kind of thing. It wasn't the character. It was just like, oh, you poor bastard, you know. <laughs> and then then you know then you do the sort of the outro bits and you're back to the character. And you're like, well, that doesn't not going to match up, is it? Oh well, you know. So it's the most poorly thought out character I've ever done in drama. But I suppose you haven't got a script for the whole thing. That's that's the thing. You can't map it out. Um, you know, it's there's there is so much which I like. I like working fast. I mean, I've worked on some um, international production shot here and they bring their type, their, their pace of working and, and there's just more people giving more opinions and it just slows everything down and everyone's got to have a say. And um, This works fast, you know, a little faster than what I'm, what I'm used to, but I kind of like the pressure, you know. I, I like kind of doing one or two takes only and that this is it. Like we don't get them to do any more takes, but I've got to deliver those little mini monologues or, you know, in breakfast or in the banishment room, you only get one shot because they're not actors. They're only going to give you a reaction once and the second time around that that joke that was questionable in the first place is going to be really poorly received the second time around. They're like, yeah, we know the punchline, mate. It's not funny. And you're like, it's called a second. It's called, it's like, it's called a second take, mate. You know? <laughs> Work in TV. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's like basically the second take is always it's just for me. It's for my close up because we want all the cameras, all of that. And we had like seven cameras at any one time, or shooting them, trying to especially at the, the, the start when there's still, you know, nearly twenty people there. There's a lot to get, so you get me afterwards because I can just come in and tell them to go away and just do it in a tight shot like they're there and pretend. Act and um, but yeah, I, I, I learned that the first year it was like they'd come in and they go, well, let's do one for your close up, and they come in and you just got crickets, 
<laughs> and I was like, you know what? I don't want to do it in front of them. They, they can leave. They can go because it's like it's like a comedian dying on stage. Just it's awful. It ruins it's your like, flow. It ruins your it flow. Ruined, that's exactly the same thing. They're ruining my flow with this this death stare and this kind of like you know, what are you doing? Why are you saying the same stuff again? We heard you the first time. You know, kind of, <laughs> so, so I, it's good pressure. It's like you've got to you've got to because we write it. Matt Lufkus, who's the writer. This who's amazing and stupidly kooky, you know, in a fabulous way. He writes for, um, you know, Celebrity Get You Out of Here and a bunch of other shows and international ones. He flies around everywhere and does every show on an island or something he's writing for them. Um, uh, so we have a great old time sort of scribbling down the, the ideas. He'll come up with an uh, initial thought and then we'll just vamp it and, you know, and I've got, then I then I kick everyone out of the room, the green room, and I go, I've got 15 minutes to learn this and can I learn it as a bomb bomb? Because other other um, like other types of presenting, what from what I've been told by the producers is not everyone. Because I mean, some people have an auto cue, so celebrity gets you out of here will have an auto cue. Yeah, and they, you know, um, but other people that where it's sort of external, there's no sort of set. They're just being fed line by line in the rear. So there's huge pauses. Um, so. And which is fine, which is what, you know, and I said, well, I can't do that because if we're trying to do some jokes, you need rhythm and you need to deliver the line, the line, the line, and then the punchline. So I can't stop because then it's just going to be even worse. So I suddenly have to go, right, nick off out of the room, I've got to learn that. And so, so every morning learning it, learning this sort of monologue we've only come up with five minutes before, which is, is a, it's quite frantic, but it's, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a fun pressure cooker to be in. Of course. I mean, one thing that I will say with these jokes, I mean, yes, they are a bit dad jokey, but I love that from you. Um, so, I mean, look at me. I mean, what else are you going to get? <laughs> but the thing is, I think when I met you on the red carpet, I think I was so, I'd never mm-hmm. met you before. And I think what I loved was just how funny you naturally are. I didn't know you were so funny. Well, well, you can, you can interview me all day long if you keep saying that. Um, it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. I just think, I just, I just think sometimes what we do, I've never been good. Even when I do a drama, I, I would never, I could never be your, um, your, your method actor. We, we're playing pretense, you know what I mean? Like, like have your moment just to jump into the character and say, hey, listen, I need, give me, give me 15 minutes before I'm about to go and murder someone in a scene or, or whatever. Um, but then, like you know, I just I've always kind of jumped out and seen the, the lighter side. We're in, in, in entertainment. Uh, I think that's probably why I never had a, a dramatic film career. Maybe I was just taking the piss out of what we do. I never thought that as being an actor, you know, you're, you're really saving lives or anything. But like you know, we were here to make people uh, make make them feel stuff. Sure, make them laugh. You know, I think I come from that kind of because I've done a, a multiple different different things, and, and whatever comes along, I kind of say yes to so i suppose i just haven't i didn't do the drama school thing you know i started out in rock bands then i did a did a musical did rant you know, and then you know i started doing advertisements like i did sort of hyundai t- car ads for 10 years and and then voiceovers and then you know hosting corporate events and then it's like whatever your agent rings and you go yes <laughs> <laughs> like, we haven't told you what it is yet i'm like oh, i don't care yes but I love that the fact that you didn't go to drama school. I think that's really, really cool because you've kind of, you've kind of gone the unconventional way. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I did, I did when I got into acting. I thought, 
I wish I did go to drama school because you get to, I got all my mistakes are made on screen, you know. So I would, which I think accelerates your learning quite a lot. Um, you quickly realize, like, I, and that whole thing where some people, I can never watch myself back. I, I had to watch myself back and be and be very critical of what I thought was lacking. You know, like, what when I watch that person, why do I kind of feel it or get it or you know find it engaging? And why? When I watched what I've just done back on the, you know, some television show would come out, um, you know, by, by guest here on Water Rats or something, something back in the day, I'm just going, oh wow, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not sort of hitting the mark. So, you know, so then I went away and got sort of one on one and private and sort of, you know, read a bit and and, and sort of went back and tried to fill in some of gaps. And but um, but one thing I suppose I came from a different angle with with acting is because I'd done a film television course. I had a, probably a more of a holistic um, mm-hmm. thought process about filmmaking or, you know, making TV drama, uh, how it's not just about if you come from that sort of drama school stage perspective where it's kind of you and the script only and maybe director, um, where I can just say that you're kind of a, a cog in the machine. There's so many other factors. If it's such a collaborative thing, making um, something that's going to hit the screen. There's so many things, and the, and, the, and your performance and your story, uh, your your performance, um, your portrayal of the character can can change greatly depending on those other people that you're working with. Like you can do your job, and then what they do in post can dramatically, which takes they use can dramatically change what the end product is. So I think that's why I always sort of thought that my job was no no more important what I do than than the people around around you. I think. It's pretty noble, though. It's and it's true. Well, it's just, but also, I think it's just it's true. longevity. I mean, I think you you end up having relationships with people, not just on 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 screen, but the people behind us, you know. And then you want to work with those people again. And they want to work with you, hopefully, because they realise it's collaborative. You know, I think that's what. Um, this is the only noble part of the podcast, by the way. And then so I'll, I'll get back to the gags in a second. <laughs> Gosh, you're being so nice. I'm a little bit shocked. Yeah. I'm like, who is this person that I was speaking yeah, to? Yeah, that's where the acting comes in. Yeah. Oh, God, he's acting this entire time. No, I think I think in terms of uh, what you're saying, it's so true because we need our cast and crew. And, I, and I, that's why if I get interviews with creatives, I'm always like, yep, give them to me immediately because... Yeah. They're all a big cog in the wheel. But with the traders, back to the show, uh, are you working with the same cast and crew as, uh, sorry, not cast, are you working with the same yeah. crew as last year? Yeah. yeah cool. same, same production pretty much. I mean, there's a couple of people that I mean, it always happens, people, um, you know, aren't available because they've already got gigs. But, um, yeah, it was good to get the, the team back again and, I mean, really safe hands. They're, you know, what's great about um, the guys at End of the Mole Shine is when they pitched the show to us, um, uh, they said, you know, we want you to bring what you want to bring to the, to the role, you know, because well, I had sort of said no to other posting roles that were a bit straighter and because this was so theatrical and they sort of went, you can do what you want. And then half, even as we started, we didn't really know what to expect because it was new. When um, when we started sort of finding this, oh, let's sort of pretend that, you know, I'm the lord of the manor or the owner of the hotel and it'll just, you know, we've got this big family history and all this ridiculous stuff. They're like, sure. Do it. I'm like, well, we're not even sure if that's going to work. They're like, just do it. You know, they, they, they were fine. Like, they were, they were really. They just wanted, wanted to hit a few sort of 
key points. Let's just hit that and hit that and hit that. Um, and because Matt's so great and he's got experience, they were just happy for us to kind of, you know, run with it a little bit, which is it's always so fun to come to work when you've got a little bit of input and creative freedom to do what you want, you know, in, 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 in a structure which you wouldn't think would have it necessarily. Well, it is such a great show. If you can believe it, I only had 20 minutes to talk to you and I would love to talk to you longer. Oh, my God. Ah, I have so many more questions. But thank you so much for popping on today. And I know that you were very busy this morning doing drop-offs. So, No worries. Good to see you again. Thanks for calling the Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle. You can find us on Instagram at the entertainment underscore hotline pod or visit us at chatter.com.au. The Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle is a proud Chatter podcast.